This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. There's a disturbing trend affecting young people. A dramatic rise in thoughts of suicide and self-harm. We've got to come up with some creative solutions to help this population. Suicide is a preventable disease, and if you look at the absolute numbers of what kills teenagers, I mean, after motor vehicle accidents, suicide is the number two cause of death. Then, what age group is most likely to fall for telephone scams? If you guess the elderly, guess again. We'll bring you the details. That was very surprising, and they're six times more likely to give their credit card information out over the phone to a potential scam or a fraudster. Those two stories and more are straight ahead on this week's show. Stay tuned. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. There's a disturbing trend affecting young people those age 17 and under. A dramatic rise in thoughts of suicide and self-harm, according to a recent study. Here to share the findings is lead author of that study, Dr. Gregory Plemons, Associate Professor of Clinical Pediatrics at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. Dr. Plemons, tell us about the scope of your study. How did you go about researching this? First of all, I'd like to preface this by saying I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm actually a hospitalist or a hospital doctor who takes care of kids in the hospital. And what we noticed over the last several years among our practice here in our own hospital was we were taking care of more kids in the hospital who had behavioral health or mental health issues, you know, as opposed to the kids that come in with pneumonia and all the other normal hospital things. And so we decided to not only look at our data here at our own hospital, but we actually had access to a large database of children's hospitals around the country. So we're able to look at over 30 hospitals that cover a variety of regions across the U.S. And what we found was that the rates of the number of visits or hospitalizations for suicidal ideation to an emergency room or a hospital over the last decade had doubled. There's still a minority of the percentage of kids that are admitted to the hospital, but certainly They are taking up more of our hospital beds and utilizing more of our resources that traditionally have gone to regular old, you know, flu and pneumonia and those kinds of things. And it fairly reflected what we personally have been experiencing. But it was dramatic to see that, you know, the the rest of the country is also encountering the same thing. Now, in terms of their age range, it says from 5 to 17 were the majority of the cases among older kids. The majority of the cases were in older kids. We saw increases in all age group. We broke our groups down into age 5 to 9, 10 to 14, and 15 to 17. And we did see increases in all three groups. The growth in the young age group was the smallest compared to the others, but we did see increases in all three groups. The biggest and most dramatic increases were actually in the 10 to 14 age groups. So at the onset of our study, the average age at presentation for these kinds of things is around 15. By the end of the study, it had sort of migrated down to age 14. And so we are certainly seeing younger kids coming into the hospital. We only looked at kids that are having suicidal thoughts or self-harm. We did not look at completed suicides. The literature seems to suggest that that is a growing group, even in the very young population as well. Do you have any idea why this has risen so dramatically? 
There are a lot of theories, and certainly we tried to sort of tease out if there were other groups or trends that might kind of help explain that. One of the interesting things that we did note, which is consistent with what the CDC has reported, is that adolescent young girls seem to be the second most at-risk group. If you look at suicide overall in the last 20 years, every age group has gone up. White males, middle-aged are the number one group, but the number two group appears to be adolescent females kind of in the 10 to 14 age range. So... There are theories. People are concerned about social media, bullying. We certainly know that bullying has always been around, but now with social media and texting, cyberbullying is a new phenomenon that wasn't around, you know, even 10 or 15 years ago. Girls in general are entering puberty a little bit younger, and we know that puberty in itself is a risk factor for suicide. So there are some, you know, interesting trends. The other interesting trend that we actually were the most impressed with was when we looked at our data and patterns over the last 10 years, there was a very consistent pattern in that the majority of children that we see in the hospital typically come in in the early fall and spring. July was our absolutely least busy month for children that presented with this condition. And so, you know, we have theories about school, but certainly school and Socialization and all of those things go together with school, and it's interesting to note that we typically experience a big trend or a big bump right you know, after about two weeks of school being started. So whether there needs to be more school-based interventions or is that driven by performance anxiety, you know, all sorts of theories as to why that happens. But there clearly is a temporal trend there associated with school, which is not associated with adults. If you look at most of the adult literature, Adult suicide and suicide ideation tends to occur in spring and summer, whereas in our studies, at least what we saw, it's fall and spring. Is it possible that seasonal affective disorder, the change in the light due to the seasons making people depressed, could that be a factor? That's certainly a theory, too. There are certain studies that have actually looked at sunlight exposure and change in seasons, and there are certainly these biological models for mood, and so... We know that, you know, just as people talk about a broken promise theory, that you finally get to spring or you finally get to a hopeful season and yet internally you still feel out of sync and that can kind of perpetuate feeling even worse and can kind of activate you to take action. So that's certainly a theory that bears examining, given that we do see dramatic patterns. We're talking with Dr. Gregory Plemons, Associate Professor of Clinical Pediatrics at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine talking about this dramatic rise in thoughts of suicide and self-harm among young people under the age of 17. Do you have any information about adults having suicidal thoughts or self-harm? Has that number changed much over the years? That number has gone up as well. I mean, every age group has gone up over the last 20 years. There are different theories as to why it seems to be increasing in adults as well. And People have actually looked at the recession of 2009 and did that have an impact? But we certainly have seen increases in every age group. And it's a preventable, you know, there are lots of things in medicine that we can't prevent. I'm a general practitioner, and so we certainly see kids with diabetes and other chronic diseases. But, you know, suicide is a preventable disease. And if you look at the absolute numbers of what kills teenagers, I mean, after motor vehicle accidents, suicide is the number two cause of death. So, the more that we can get the message out that it's okay to seek mental health care and it's okay to talk about this and try to get people connected with resources. Because we know that if you're connected to a mental health provider or some sort of resource that can support you, hopefully we can make a difference. What warning signs should parents know to watch out for? 
Again, I'm not a psychiatrist. A lot of the psychological literature and studies suggest that some of the signs would be some of the signs you would see just with acute depression, obviously, loss of interest in things, withdrawal, increasing moodiness or difficulty concentrating. So a lot of the signs that go along with depression. But, you know, again, a lot of times there aren't any warning signs, at least overtly. And so several public health officials are now really suggesting that maybe we need to do a better job at screening children in school and screening children that come to the emergency room or just in the doctor's office just because there are a lot of kids that go undetected. And I think we really have to think about how we're training our future physicians here at the place that I work. You know, we are training pediatricians and Certainly, there continues to be a huge shortage of child psychologists and child psychiatrists, particularly in rural areas and even in urban areas such as ours. And so I think we've got to come up with some creative solutions to help this population because we know that access to care and timely access to care is really important. Dr. Gregory Plemons, Associate Professor of Clinical Pediatrics at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Next, who's most likely to fall for a scam? The surprising answer, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 